Welcome to the Fiscal Fitness Podcast, where personal finance is about the person, not the numbers, and budget isn't a four-letter word anymore. Here's your co-host and certified professional financial coach, Jilly Manuel. Today, I am going to talk about what the heck does bodybuilding have to do with wealth building? This is something that I'm like really intrigued with because I have observed so many parallels, so much overlap over the last year as a new bodybuilder that I have learned from my coaches on the fitness side of things that really aligns so well with what I teach to my clients and what we see at Fiscal Fitness when we work with individuals uh, related to their finances. Uh, And it's just so cool. It makes me really excited to see how these basic principles can really be applied in so many different areas of our lives that we tend to overcomplicate things or think that we have to recreate things and make it all unique. But truly, there's so many really good practices that we can use, whether it's in our health and fitness or whether it's in our financial life, that I really wanted to sort of reflect on it, reflect on my own personal journey, but also share what I see with clients and with you and some of the insights that I've learned with working with some of the top natural bodybuilding coaches in the entire world, uh, what their insights are that I see align so well with what we teach to our financial coaching clients. This is not the first time that I've actually talked about the parallels between fitness and finances. So if you haven't listened already, I did a podcast episode. Gosh, it's been maybe two years already, but it's episode number 61. And I talk about the top 10 traits that I've sort of observed that will make you successful in both your health and fitness. It's a really great episode for any of you that are also intrigued in both of those areas of your life. One of the statistics that I used in that podcast was that I had gone through and looked at all of our clients that have worked with us at Fiscal Fitness and over 80% of them care about both their health and their finances. And so there definitely is a parallel where people want to improve in one of these areas and then they want to improve in the other. So I think generally speaking, people who are seeking out coaches or work with coaches, they really are very growth minded. They're wanting to improve in multiple different areas of their lives. And that's really where I start to see a lot of these parallels of how the fitness industry and the financial industry are actually really, closely related as far as the behaviors uh, that help people to become successful in both. So some of you may have caught the last podcast episode, the FCP that I did with Coach Jacqueline last week, where we talked about the things that were happening in our lives. And I mentioned that I had just gotten back from a week-long retreat in Tulum, Mexico, Coach Kelsa and I actually went together. We've both been working with a fitness coach for the last nine months or so, almost a year, I guess. And we attended the retreat that was run by the woman who oversees our entire program, her and her husband, and got to spend a week learning from them and picking their brain and just absorbing their wealth of knowledge and expertise in the health and fitness industry, bodybuilding industry specifically. And I was just really, um, I don't know, sort of excited or intrigued with how much of it aligned so closely to what we teach our clients when it comes to financial coaching and all of the overlaps. And one thing that Michelle, the head coach there said was, 
once you build the foundation, it's so easy to maintain. Now, she was saying this about her own physique and about bodybuilding and fitness in general and how once you have put in all the work, you've done the really hard things, you've learned the new systems, the new strategies and methods, you've you know, done the mindset work and behavioral work to get yourself to a really good place, maintaining that takes far, far less effort. Maintaining even the effort in going to the gym takes less effort than the building stage or trying to create something new. And this is so true of your money as well. And it's one thing that we see with our clients time and time again is that once the foundation is built, once they have a system in place to manage their money confidently, they know what they're doing, it becomes so easy. It becomes so systematic, so routine that it's not all that challenging to maintain it for the long run and to just let this be a way of life to see continued success year after year after year after year. So there's just such a parallel between physical fitness, maintaining that physique, all of that, and what you're doing in your financial life. And so I just wanted to share some of the things that I tend to see as a financial coach and as a person who wants to improve in my own life. And I sometimes find those stumbling blocks myself as I did seeking out what you know method can I use to really gain muscle, to be fit, to be healthy, to eat a nutritious way. Um, and as humans, I think we have a great tendency to really overcomplicate things, right? We are continually researching. We tend to switch methods or follow fads. There's so much information out there that we can very easily have information overload or that we're always hearing something new, whether it be from a friend or family member or blog post or podcast and we really can tend to make it much more complicated or hard on ourselves because of all of the possibilities out there all of the different things that we hear i see a lot of very common challenges when it comes to people who are seeking a method for how to manage their money or how to get started with a good system that will set them up for success and I also see this in the health and fitness industry and experienced this myself as a very you know, common setback or challenge that we have to face or overcome. And I wanted to just go over those first to see if any of you can sort of identify with some of this. If you've experienced it yourself, I would love to hear from you if you drop in the comments as you're watching live here in our Facebook group, or if you have listened to this as a podcast once it's live and you are reflecting on it. I am so curious if you see that you also are facing some of these challenges or have made some of these mistakes, if you will, along the way. So a few of the things that we're up against as we try to build that strong foundation, whether it be with our you know, finances, which is what this podcast is all about, or whether it be in another area of your life that you really want to improve upon. So for me, most recently, that was my health and fitness, and that's why I'm making this parallel comparison between bodybuilding and wealth building. But see if any of these relate to you, okay? 
I think one of the big things that I see is that we just have too many choices or options and it's really hard to know what is right for me. So we hear from our friend or our neighbor or an expert of what the best way is that's worked for them. And we sometimes get a little bit confused if that is the thing for us or we might switch methods. We run into a lot of decision fatigue where we just don't know which thing to do. So either we wind up not taking any action at all because we can't determine which way is the right way. And I see this a lot with my financial coaching clients where they'll say I've, you know, read all these blog posts and researched all these things and I've downloaded all these apps and watched YouTube videos and they get really overwhelmed and have too many decisions to make that they wind up doing nothing and just kind of keep thinking about it or researching things. This is very true of my journey with health and fitness also, where it was like, oh, maybe I should try keto. Maybe I should try intermittent fasting, <laughs> like all of these different things that I would hear about and people would tell me about. And it became really overwhelming to choose the thing that was going to be right for me. On the opposite side of having decision fatigue, sometimes it happens where people wind up switching methods all too frequently. So before you've ever really had the chance to master something, to gain any traction, to see any real progress, we hear about something new and we're like, oh, wait, maybe that's the thing I should be trying. And we shift gears all over again. I see this a lot with clients who are trying to save or trying to pay off debt or trying to get on a budget and they're using a method maybe for a month or two and then they hear someone else talking about how a different way has really been helping them or a different app has really been helping them and they wind up switching gears and trying that new thing so there's this constant like back and forth of making a tiny bit of progress and then like restarting again with an entirely new track and trying to gain traction and then shifting again. So you never really are moving forward. You're kind of like zigzagging back and forth from one thing to the next ping ponging along without ever really gaining that true traction, right? So another thing that I will see, this is true in the finance world, it's true in the fitness world, but I will see people that are trying to, you know, DIY it or do something that's not very, expensive, right? Because we're trying to be cost conscious. So we'll maybe look for an app or some sort of software that can help us. But if your scenario is unique, which everyone's is, they might use an app, but it doesn't actually work for their own unique scenario. So we'll see this a ton with people that come to us and they say, I've tried using this app or that app and it just didn't really work. And I had, you know, I have a fluctuating income and so I couldn't plan this consistent way to budget or any other number of different scenarios. Uh, same with fitness. I personally found that I was overcoming some pretty major injuries. I had major surgery on my back just a number of years ago. I've had surgeries on my knees that left me with no cartilage in my right knee. So it makes a lot of exercises and things very difficult or challenging and using apps or programs online didn't work for me very well because I had to modify things and I didn't know how to appropriately do that. I wasn't confident with which exercises would help me or which would hurt me. And there was no opportunity to ask questions or troubleshoot things along the way, um, which is one of the things in your financial world that's really, really important as you're trying to build that very strong foundation 
upon which you can continue to build for life is that you need something that is built specifically for you and your lifestyle and your values and your principles and your own unique goals. And an app itself cannot answer those questions. It cannot help you to get aligned with the things that you truly want and value in life. It can't help you to troubleshoot. You can't ask questions. It doesn't hold you accountable. And so all of those things combined are why people tend to start using an app or some DIY method and fall off track, uh, sometimes rather quickly. Other times people can do it for a while, um, but it happens quite often with the clients that we work with that they've tried multiple different options like this and just find that they can't quite stick with it. And usually it is because of those things that they have a unique scenario. They don't, haven't been able to troubleshoot it. They haven't been able to really tie in their own personal values and goals with this app system, which doesn't interact with them. And so it doesn't really get them excited about what they're doing or tied into it for the long run. Um, another thing that I've seen is that Sometimes we can start things a bit too aggressively um, and wind up actually causing more harm than good. So think of the first time that you hop into the gym after you've been maybe out of your routine for a while. And we can sometimes be a little bit overzealous or very excited of like, I'm gonna get back to this. You know, we maybe like New Year's resolution people who were just starting at the beginning of the year and thought, gosh, I wanna like really take my fitness to a new level. And they go back to the gym and the first day or second day, they're really pushing hard or a runner who hasn't run for a while tries to run a five on day one back out there and winds up injuring themselves or so sore that you can't walk anymore. The same is true with your money. We will definitely see people who start out far too aggressively or they'll tell us stories of times that they have and how they wind up totally falling off track because it was too hard to sustain. So this could look like setting yourself up on a really strict budget, very, very, very restrictive, cutting out all of the things that you enjoy, really maybe narrowing your grocery budget down so, so low that it's so hard for you to sustain or cutting out all of the things that you really enjoy in life because you want to make progress with your finances, but you wind up feeling so frustrated and unsatisfied that you wind up binging and overdoing it on the other end. This could also look like wanting to get out of debt so badly that you throw every single penny of extra money towards debt without putting anything away for savings first. And so it winds up being this never ending cycle of paying down debt only to have to reuse your credit card when an emergency happens or a big expense comes up because you have no other options. So all of this is starting too aggressively where it's not sustainable, it actually does more harm than good, it sets you back, it is horrible for your self-confidence um, as far as how you think of yourself in this area of life because you wind up feeling like a failure because you pushed so hard that you can't sustain that and you think that you should, which is really an unrealistic expectation. Uh, another thing that I will see is that people wind up wanting to achieve their goals far too quickly and they're seeking that immediate gratification rather than looking for a system that is sustainable and that they can do consistently for life. Because let's be honest, when we're talking money 
and when we're talking health and fitness, hopefully these are habits that you want to build that will sustain you for life, that you can use as part of your routine, part of your lifestyle, part of your identity, that it becomes such a habit for you that you can't imagine doing things any other way. We want to build a system that feels like that, that you really can say, gosh, I'm doing this now and I can easily see doing this for the rest of my life. It's so sustainable. I can be really consistent with this and know that I'm going to continue to get results for the long run. Um, and that really leads into this next thought is that we really want to shift the way that you see your financial life or your fitness life, right? I'm making the parallel comparison here, but you want it to be something that you see as a lifestyle versus something that has a finite goal with an end date. So this is truly a lifelong endeavor. It is something that you really should be thinking of in the context of how can I develop a new skill that I can use for life to help me be successful in this area. So when it comes to your money, I don't want people to have such a short-sighted view of it of like, oh, I just need to do this until I get out of debt. And then I can go back to all of the habits I had before. That's not going to help you in the long run. It's just going to create a momentary relief and then get you back into the same spot as you were before. Same with your health and fitness. If I were to say like, gosh, I just really wanted to hit my goal weight or you know, be able to lift X amount of pounds and now I don't need to ever practice that ever again, the strength will go away or I would go back to eating not as nutritious of meals and wind up gaining weight again or whatever the case may be. So the thought behind it or the way that we view this self-improvement in these different areas is that it is a skill that you are going to learn and you can use it forever and ever and ever as part of your lifestyle. It's an ongoing thing. It's not something with a finite goal that you're only doing it just for so long and then you get to quit, which is why it's really important to have any system or process you put in place be sustainable, be something that you actually can do forever, not something that feels so hard, so restrictive, so challenging that it's like only something you could do for a month or a couple of months and then there'd be no way to continue with it. The other thing that I really think we want is to find a system that is customizable. There are so many things out there that are like, use this, it's gonna help, but it's far too general. It's not customizable to your life, to what's important to you. This was very true, like I said, of my own fitness journey that, you know, because of my injuries, I needed something that was very customizable to what I had going on uniquely in my life. I needed a program that could adapt with me the way that I needed. And that's what we believe as financial coaches also is that there's no one size fits all for our clients that when it comes to money it's very nuanced that there are so many different variables your own personal you know values need to be considered your behaviors the way that you view the world your lifestyle all of that needs to come into the equation to really find a system that's unique for you, sustainable for you, and going to get you the goals that are important in your life. 
So building is the hardest part. It really truly is, is building that foundation, getting that system in place, finding the customized way that is going to work for you for the long run. But really once it's built, it does become easy to maintain it. You sort of get into the groove with it, develop those habits, and it's so much easier than trying to DIY it by trying all these different things and never getting that strong foundation in place. One other thing that I observe, and I know that this was true of myself <laughs> and I see it with others, but we have a tendency sometimes to be overly optimistic and I'm a very optimistic person by nature. So this probably is one of my downfalls in some places because we can tend to overestimate or underestimate what is truly necessary for success. So we may not really anticipate or know how to plan for or navigate the setbacks or bumps in the road. We might not set realistic timelines and so we wind up disappointing ourselves and falling off track far too quickly because we underestimate the amount of effort or time or energy that's going to have to go into building that really strong foundation. We also can tend to compare ourselves to others and maybe write things off a little bit too easily or not believe that something's possible for us because of this comparison. We may have thoughts when we see someone else who's really successful in an area that we don't feel all that successful in and look at them and think, I'll never be able to do that or they have it easier than me because of X, Y, or Z. We just may not under we may not completely under or understand the amount of time, effort, or consistency that someone has already put in to get where they are. Essentially, we are looking at their chapter 15 and comparing it to our page one and feeling really frustrated that we're not where they're at yet. And so we need to really try to keep perspective. And I have found that that's really one of the things that having a coach has been so valuable for me because they help me to set those more realistic expectations, to find the unique way to build a system that aligns with my values and my lifestyle and my goals. They can answer my questions, help me troubleshoot things, set more realistic expectations, uh, you know, and give me a proven system that they've seen work time and time again, but can be finessed or nuanced to be unique for me. And that's what we do also with our clients when we work with them in their financial life is we get to help them create all of that and overcome these hurdles much more quickly. So I, I know that as I was putting this list together, I was like, gosh, I've experienced all of these. <laughs> I tend to learn things the hard way. Uh, is anyone else a rebel on the Gretchen Rubin Four Tendencies quiz? Because that is me. I tend to be the person that if someone says it's not going to work, don't do it that way, and they can't prove to me or give me like a very qualified reason why, that my immediately my immediate thought is watch me or prove it to me, right? So I tend to jump in and try things out even when they may not be something that I'm encouraged to do. And I know that that was really true with my fitness journey where I was like, oh sure, you might say that doesn't work for you, but I'm gonna try it out because we're all unique, we're all different. I'm gonna try this different method to prove to myself essentially yes or no, but I kinda have to see for myself whether I'm going to buy into it. 
this had me switching methods all too frequently, not really knowing what the best thing for me was. Um, and I know that, you know, once I actually decided to invest in learning from the top coaches, they really have been able to help me narrow my focus and get a system that works well for me. Um, so I think, you know, one of the things that I observed too was that once I decided to invest in a coach to try to reach out and get help, I immediately found that all of the things I'd been trying, and let me tell you, it was a lot over the years, were largely wrong, misunderstood, following bad science, not accurately implemented. It was definitely very humbling, very, very humbling. And I think this is something that most people experience when they are thinking about reaching out and getting some help, especially when it comes to our money, there is just something that's so taboo in our culture, in our society about saying, I don't really know how to do this. I need help with this. I don't feel like maybe I'm always doing the best things with my money and I want to learn how, but admitting that is a really big thing. It feels very embarrassing. Oftentimes we feel shame around it. It's very unfortunate. I dream of this world where we will all just openly say like, gosh, I'm not very good at X, Y, Z, whatever that skill is. And we feel confident asking for help in it and looking for support and that that's actually encouraged. And especially in our financial lives, because I do believe our money, it touches every single aspect of our lives. We should all want to be so good at it, so successful at it. And yet we feel shame about reaching out and asking, how can I be better at this skill? It's crazy to me, but it is the way that it is. And I know I used to feel that way too. Many years ago, I was not always really, really great with my money. I had to learn that the hard way too. And I made a lot of mistakes in my 20s uh, that really set me back. But I finally learned to reach out and ask for help and say, gosh, I need to master this skill. I am not going to accept that this is the way it's going to be forever. And that's what I've done with my fitness now also is reached out and said, listen, I know that I need some help with this. I'm clearly not learning all of the things I want to learn on my own. I still feel confused about this. I'm still shifting and trying all these different ways, gaining very little traction. I'm done with this. I'm not gonna do this anymore. I need to seek an expert who can help me. And I think about you know, what I've learned in the times I have worked with coaches. It has sped my timeline up dramatically. Um, I had spent years before I actually sought out getting true help, learning personal finance, years making all of the wrong mistakes before I finally said enough is enough. Same with my fitness. I spent years sometimes feeling like I'm in pretty good shape, sometimes feeling like I'm not, shifting gears, trying different things. And when I finally decided enough was enough, set my ego aside, decided to be brave and plop down some money to get some support in these areas, I found success and very quickly. And I think back to all the time, the energy, the money that I wasted on trying to do things on my own. And all I can really do is shake my head. I really wanted to believe that if I kept trying, I could figure this out. I would tell myself, I'm smart. I'm capable, I'm driven, I'm a problem solver. I thought, surely this can't be that complicated and I can figure it out on my own, but I was wrong. 
And the reality is that it really isn't all that complicated once you have a clear path laid out that shows you how to get the results that you're after, but creating that plan and system and learning the habits and behaviors, that's really where we can get stuck. So we oversimplify it and say, this isn't that complicated. And I know from the years of working with clients, working with hundreds of people now with their money and helping them to figure out how to feel successful, gain traction, really see success, that most of us feel this way, where we think it can't be that complicated. Everybody does this. Why does this feel hard to me? Surely I can just figure this out. Maybe I haven't given it enough effort. Maybe I haven't read the right book yet. And we try to talk ourselves into this idea that it isn't something that needs to be taught to us, that somehow we are the flawed one or we haven't put in enough effort. And if we only try a little bit more or learn a little bit more or research a little bit more, now we'll be successful. But really it is a skill that should be taught and we shouldn't be shamed or feel embarrassed about the fact that we want to cultivate this skill, right? So here are some of the pitfalls, I guess, that, or I've shared some of those pitfalls, but I wanna share with you some of the takeaways or some of the things that I have learned over the years, both in my fitness journey, in my financial journey that I see with clients also. But the very first thing that I really, you know, when I reflect back on my time working with coaches is that by hiring someone, the earlier on the better to help me learn a new skill or system, to stop wasting time, money, and energy, stop being a DIYer, I do so much better. I do so much better when I have someone that I can ask questions to, who can give me a proven system, who can teach me how to customize it, and then you know, I can learn to use it for myself and that the coach can help me overcome any of the roadblocks along the way. If I'm left to my own devices, I may not follow through. I may change track too many times, experiment with too many things, get discouraged when a roadblock comes up and I don't know how to navigate it. And so having a coach or having someone there to help me, especially in those early stages where I'm learning a new skill, dramatically improves my success rate. I've also learned that once I have a system in place that's been customized to my needs, it is so much easier to maintain and just keep those habits going. I have always thought that's one of the coolest things about financial coaching. I love that the clients that I get to work with, I can teach them a skill, they can learn the behaviors and the habits and they can take those skills with them and use them for life. So they really reap the rewards of learning how to be successful with their money for long after our coaching relationship ends. And that is so cool. It is so true of all the areas of our life. You know, think back to when you were in school, you were learning math and reading and writing and all of that. And once you learned that skill, you have it now. You have that skill for life. You don't think about it anymore. It doesn't feel so hard to you. It becomes a natural part of who you are because it is a skill that you have cultivated. The same is true with your money. The same is true with your fitness. Once you have that very strong foundation, once you've gained the knowledge and seen what works and doesn't work, once you've disproven maybe a lot of the fallacies that are floating around out there or in your own mind, that it becomes so much simpler and easy to just carry it on for life. It's just part of who you are. It's a skill that you have. 
I've also really seen that by mastering a new area of my life, the mental and emotional shift that is gained is incredible. I mean, it's one of the intangible things that you don't really think about when you're seeking a new skill, but you begin to shift the way that you view yourself and how you view the world. You begin to develop a whole new sense of confidence. You begin to have a whole new identity about who you are. And that is so cool to shift from a person who maybe says, I'm horrible with money to someone who says, I am great with money. What a transition, right? Like the way that you think about yourself in that first context of someone who's bad with money, you feel ashamed, embarrassed, worried, stressed. You're not sleeping. You don't want to talk to your friends about it. You're turning down opportunities because you're fearful of it or the person who feels and identifies as someone who's good with money is entirely different. They feel confident, they feel strong, they feel like the possibilities ahead of them are endless, that they can say yes to new opportunities, that they can feel proud of where, they're, where they are in life and see so much positive in front of them. And that identity shift is something that really does happen along the way. I experienced it myself almost a decade ago. I see it with all of the clients that I work with that suddenly there is like an aha or a light bulb or a switch that goes off somewhere along the way where they begin to change their identity and see themselves as a successful money manager. And the way that they view the world and the possibilities in front of them is entirely different from the way that they viewed it when they first came to work with us and didn't feel good with their money. And that is just really cool. It's, it's an intangible, but it's something that I see time and time again and that I've personally experienced that I think is really amazing. The other thing that I see is that once you start actually talking about the thing that you want to change, so whether it's me saying, I'm not okay with the level of my health and fitness right now, and I need to get some help, and I'm going to put this out there and tell someone about it, or whether it is saying, I'm not okay with the way that we're managing our money right now. I know we can be doing better. I know we don't need to be you know, worried about our money or feeling that we're in debt or that we're spending as fast as we're making. Once you start to speak it and own it and acknowledge it and ask for help, right? those feelings of shame and embarrassment actually start to dissipate very quickly. So while it may feel that it's escalated for a little bit, like while you're in the moment of being like, oh my gosh, I'm actually going to ask for help. And that means I have to admit that I'm not a pro in this area of my life. And it feels really scary and embarrassing. Once you actually take that step and move into action, acknowledging that you need, a, need some help or ask for help, that you're going to learn something new, immediately that shame and embarrassment begins to dissipate. It starts to disappear. Um, you start to feel more empowered because you are actually taking action and you start to think of yourself as someone who's taking action. You start to see very quickly, I'm no longer someone who ignores my money because you've taken action now and you can say, I'm someone who's taking charge of this. I'm changing this area of life that I don't feel good about. And once you move into action, it begins to shift your mindset and the way that you think about yourselves almost instantly, which I know I've experienced and it's a really, really cool thing. 
So I know that I had said, once you build it, it's easy to maintain, right? So let's kind of circle back to that. And I believe that this is true, but I also believe you actually always have to do something. <laughs> so I, I want to plant this seed because I will hear from a lot of people, well, I just want a system that I can just automate everything and not have to think about it. And I really don't believe that that is a way to be successful. Uh, automation is great. We use automation to some extent for sure, because we want to simplify things. We want to get a system in place where it doesn't feel too cumbersome or clunky or hard to keep track of, but also things that you put on autopilot that you never have to look at, think about, talk about, plan, plan with, like that is not a way to be successful in any area of your life. You can't do that with your relationships. You can't do that with your career, with your health, with your money. You have to put some time energy into those things to really be excellent and have a high level of success. Now you might be able to set things up. And for some people I've seen where they're like, I just don't have the energy. I can't put energy into it. I just need it all on autopilot. And it does take some level of stress away if they've been really feeling like everything's super chaotic, but you're probably only going to get like meh results, like okay results. It can be all right in your financial life versus really stressful, but I also don't believe it can be amazing and excellent without you being willing to put some time and energy into it. And I don't know about you, but for me, I personally am not okay with something feeling meh, right? Like, ugh, yeah, it's fine. It's all right. Like, I'm not okay with that. I want my life to be exceptional and to be exceptional in anything. You have to give it time, effort, and attention. You need to continue to challenge yourself and continue to grow. The same is true in your financial life, but it needs to have some time and attention to truly be exceptional. It may not be the same intensity or level of hard that it feels in the beginning when you're building that foundation, learning a new skill, like absorbing all of this newness into your life, that's when things can feel really hard. So once you get through that, it feels much easier, but it also doesn't mean that you never have to do anything with it again. That's a flawed idea. If you've been thinking to yourself or telling yourself that at some point you'll never have to think about money again, or, you know, the parallel to fitness for me is like, I never have to go to the gym again. Once I've gotten to the physique level that I want would be a very flawed thought, right? Like it would not be something that you could maintain if you never put any time or energy or attention into that area of life. So my final message, I guess, from this podcast to you is that to look at your health or your money or whatever area it is that you're trying to build to really try to look at it as a lifestyle that you plan to embrace for the long run. So to fully embody the lifestyle of someone who is successful with money, you need to pay attention to your money. The same is true for health and fitness through working with these coaches that, you know, we've been working with for the last couple of years. They have really reiterated this same thought that, as you take action, you begin moving forward, your identity begins to shift to that of a person who does X, Y, or Z. So in the fitness world, maybe you're a person who trains five days a week. 
You become that active person. You become someone who always tries to fit in a bike ride three times a week or whatever that looks like. It isn't about just saying, I have this goal, I'm dropping 20 pounds. It is the identity that you embody. And the same is true when it comes to your money, that it isn't the end goal. It's not, I just need to get out of debt and then you quit. Along the way, you become someone new in the process. You become a person who is good with money. You become a person who always saves for the future. You become a person who is investing for your retirement or who doesn't use credit cards if they don't have the money to pay it off in full. So you shift your identity to that of a new version of yourself, a financially successful person. And once you have that new identity, that's when it's really easy to maintain it because as someone who's good with your money, you simply don't entertain the thoughts of those things that maybe you were doing before that were derailing you along the way because that no longer aligns with the identity that you have now accepted as who you are, which is someone who does really great things with your money. So hope this was good for you guys today. Always fun to hop on here and talk money. You know it's my jam, so I love it. Uh, drop any thoughts that you have, any insights. I always love to hear those as well. And until next time, see you guys later. Bye. If you would like more information about how we can help you take the stress out of money with one-on-one -on -one financial coaching, please check out our website, www.fiscalfitnessphx.com. And please join our private Facebook group by going to facebook.com slash groups slash fiscal fitness money. And if you have a passion for personal finance and are interested in helping others take the stress out of money by becoming a financial coach, check out our financial coach training program at www.financialcoachacademy.com and join our free Facebook group by searching Facebook for Financial Coaches Unite. We'll see you on the next episode of the Fiscal Fitness Podcast, where we'll help the world take the stress out of money.